Welcome to UHN Seeds of Science podcast, a show by UHN trainees showcasing how today's junior researchers are growing in their scientific fields. Over this podcast series, you will hear from a wide range of UHN masters, PhD, and postdoctoral trainees across the different UHN research sites. My name is Rima. I'm your host for this week's episode. Today I talked to Christiana O'Brien, a master's student researching leukemia, in Dr. Courtney Jones's lab at the Princess Margaret Cancer Center. Leukemia is the cancer of the body's blood-forming tissues, and leukemia stem cells can clog up the bone marrow and are difficult to treat with conventional chemotherapies. But they have a unique reliance on oxidative phosphorylation. So Christiana's research focuses on finding novel regulators of mitochondrial metabolism and oxidation in order to generate new therapies for leukemia that target those metabolic vulnerabilities. In this episode, Christiane expresses her long-standing passion for science and the skills and experiences she's developed that led her to this important research. She also opens up about the challenge of being a mature student in graduate school, the benefits and barriers of how competitive scientific careers are, and the importance of representation and mentors as we navigate careers in academia. Additionally, she shares her hobbies outside of work, like her love for knitting, cooking, gardening, and her cats, that really give her strength and help with de-stressing from challenges. So I hope you all enjoy learning about Christiana's passion for her research and open reflections of concerns that many who pursue research experience. Welcome, Christiana. Thank you so much for joining us today. So to start off, we like to get to know a bit about you. What lab are you currently training in? And broadly speaking, what field are you currently researching? Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited, actually, to to do this with you. Yeah, I'm working in the lab of Dr. Courtney Jones at the PMCRT, the Princess Margaret Cancer Research Tower. And broadly speaking, uh, we work on leukemia, specifically on leukemia metabolism. And my research looks particularly at the initiating cells for leukemia, the stem cells per se, that and how we can better target them by looking at their metabolism and what vulnerabilities exist within those cells. And it's pretty fascinating and complicated work, but I think it's really exciting and hopefully will be rewarding research. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Learning more about leukemia in order to better target those initial cells is very important research. Actually, how did you get into this field of research? Did you have previous research experience in another field, or have you always wanted to be in this field? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I mean, my love of science originated from, like, when I was a kid. I've always loved looking under microscopes, and when I, I chose my undergraduate degree, I wanted to pursue something that would continue to let me look at microscopes, but I was not looking at all at cancer or even mammalian cells. I was really fascinated by the microbiome and how bacteria plays a role in human health and disease. Um, and so for my undergrad, I studied microbiology and how it interacts with immunology. And when I exited my uh, undergraduate studies, I was a little uncertain. I wasn't sure how to really get into that field. I wasn't really sure about if I was ready to do graduate studies. And I ended up getting a job at uh, Princess Margaret Hospital, well, in one of the research labs. And uh, it, it was that lab that really got me into doing the research that I'm doing now. We started I mean, I started working with bacteria, but I then shifted more and more to cancer research and looking at uh, metabolism and the mitochondria, that powerhouse of the cell, and 
uh, how, how it plays a role. And um, so I worked there for several years and ended up switching to this lab that I'm, I'm working in now and started my graduate studies shortly afterwards. Right. So it's it's so interesting to hear about that journey. And it's a bit unique to you, how you were a lab technician for all those years before you got into master's. So I'm wondering, do you feel like that helped you out and was a better step in your journey? Um, or if you were to go back, would you do it differently? Oh, dear. I... I loved being a technician. I, I mean, I'm a science nerd. I love science. And it, doing, it gave me an opportunity to do a lot of different things and get a feel for what different types of research was like. Um, and it was really valuable for me to build confidence working in the lab and figuring out many different types of methods and made me feel confident, too, in what I enjoyed doing. Um, and... and so it, that was a vital step. I definitely, I mean, I, I could have worked in any lab. I could have probably worked in ma many different places, but I'm really appreciative of the fact that I ended up here and was given that opportunity to, to test the waters and get into research and find something that I felt really passionate about. great to hear how that helped you find the research you were most passionate about. Um, I know you're still early in your degree, but have you given any presentations on your current research? Or if not, are there any accomplishments you're really proud of so far? Uh, I'd say the thing that I'm most proud of, other than being in the program and, and actually being able to, to do this wonderful research, um, recently I gave a talk for the medical biophysics department. They have a symposium every year and I was lucky to be one of a handful of people to give this, give a presentation on my research and it was very stressful but uh, it was very rewarding and they, I actually, they, they awarded me the best presentation in my group uh, which was very exciting and really validating in terms of the progress that I've made from being just a technician to now being what feels like a real scientist and a real graduate student. Yeah, that's amazing and must have felt so rewarding. Do you have any advice or tips for trainees listening in if they want to achieve something similar? Well, I think it's a two-pronged answer. I think one, one aspect is that my research has developed fairly quickly. I was, I came into the program and I really had the skill set already to pick things up and hit the ground running and get a lot done. And so I was able to build a project with a fairly robust data set in a short amount of time. So there's that. And also luck in the fact that my research question ended up being fairly linear to getting me to a, very, a fairly linear story. Um, but in addition to that, I think when I, I give my presentations, I like to make everything very simple and straightforward. And sometimes I feel like I'm talking down to people or like I'm oversimplifying it and maybe I'm going to offend someone. So like I explained, this is the mitochondria and this is what happens in the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards people come back and they go, that was the right level of detail. Thank you for explaining that. And I think that just helps to make it really clear. And a lot of the time in science, we're so focused on seeming like we know everything that we forget 
that everyone around us is not the expert. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I feel like that way you cover all your bases, no matter how much knowledge each person knows. At mm -hmm. least now everyone understands what you're talking about. So I think it, I think it's valuable for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's my, I, I'm always worried that no one's going to get what I'm saying. And, and so my, my response is to simplify as much as possible. <laughs> Definitely, I think that's a good idea to do. And even like for the people who do know, I think it's always nice to have a refresher. Yeah. So it's been amazing hearing about all of your accomplishments and your research, but we also want to know the other side to things, so in, in particular the challenges. So we're wondering if you face any challenges transitioning from undergraduate um, to lab technician to graduate school, anything you want to say about the journey and its challenge, and even if there's anything else in the future that feels like a challenge that you're thinking about at the moment. Also what you feel like has helped you um, deal with these challenges. Well, I think everyone has challenges, either getting to graduate school and then during graduate school. And it was definitely challenging for me to get to, to get to this point to make that decision. I had actually tried to apply several times and just couldn't commit myself to doing it because I didn't feel like I had enough support. And then by the time I did have the support I felt I needed, it I felt like a mature student. I'd been living as a re uh, with the salary in the city of Toronto and had a partner that I was getting ready to settle down with and I had to basically make a decision if I wanted to pursue graduate studies and give up the financial support I had from a career or to keep working and abandon that dream in order to be stable and have a home and a family. And I just sort of made the decision that I couldn't, I didn't want to give up either thing. And that was, that was very, very difficult to work out. But I felt really strongly that as a, a modern woman, I needed to have both. And so I had many conversations with my family, with my partner, and talked about how can we do this financially? What can we do to make this work? And then also talking with people in the lab, talking with my PI, letting them know that this is this is what I want and these are my goals and to expect that as part of my academic journey. It, it was definitely challenging and scary to, to make that leap at this point in my life where I feel like a more mature student and a member of society. But I think it's, I mean, it's working for me so far. <laughs> And I'm confident that and stubborn enough to hopefully get both and, and come out of this with a, a wonderful degree in education and also have my personal life um, intact and fulfilling. Yeah, no, I'm so happy you brought this up because I feel like a lot of women in science have to at some point address this, you know, in their life, whether and it also it always feels like they would have to choose between science or being family oriented. And like you're saying, it's just we want both like it's we should be able to have both. Yeah. And so um, definitely, like, I'm happy to hear that your support system has really helped you with this challenge. Um, and I feel like that's 
even like outside of even a support system, just having role models, like people that we can look at, um, women who have been able to do this is something that I really value. I feel like it's something that will help us when we're planning things to look at what they did and the steps that they took. Yeah, it feels really rare in this community to see that, especially in the student community. I think it's more common with postdocs and and the staff around us, but I don't know. I, I'm stubborn and I'm going to hopefully make it work. <laughs> I feel like you're going to inspire a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, like go and work a nine to five job because that would give me the balance also that seems to lack in academia where you get more at home time. So it's something I'm struggling to figure out and I feel like I'm still, I still have some time, but I, I just don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, I think that's completely fair and something that also a lot of trainees are probably going through figuring out like how to have a work-life balance when it comes to research when it feels like you really can be just working all day because you're in competition with so many other people and you want to get all those papers out and it's like it, it definitely I feel like we are, we're all feeling this pressure and would benefit if there was some some kind of change to the system where we would be able to have more stability and less of this competition. Yeah and I think science is fueled in part by competition and or at least that's the way we've built it, where yeah. we're all trying to make the next great discovery and we want to build on each other's work and we want to be climbing all the time to to know more and be better. And I don't think that's negative in any way. I think we want to be doing that. We want to be working together and building and, and fighting the good fight and improving science. It's just the the internal politics that results from that sometimes can be quite challenging, and and when when there's uh, business involved as well, it adds extra layers of complication. So I don't know, I, I don't know how we solve this issue. Yeah, I think it's it's really complicated. But I think one of the things that I wish it would it would change in terms of the perception is that we don't like you were saying we really need to have this like breakthrough or like big scientific like discovery, but. I feel like when, like us, like as people who are really just passionate about science, it doesn't need to be a big discovery. Like I feel like every step of the way is so interesting in building like the the research field. Mm -hmm. And so I think that should be valued more so that we're not always like trying to have this huge competition of who's going to make this big thing. <laughs> it's just like, no, we're all doing something and whatever we're doing is actually valuable because it's science at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's science and it should all be about science. Yeah, yeah I think that's the ideal situation. Like, it would be really wonderful to just have your own lab to play with and answer to all these questions, but we also have to exist in this in society as well, and funding. Everything's about funding. We sort of are gaining the skills to secure funding by applying to scholarships and defending our thesis during our graduate studies, but I do agree that when I hear about how difficult and competitive it is for PIs to get funding, even with great research proposals, it can be alarming. Um, and when I talk to other graduate students, the main deterrent from becoming a PI to them is feeling like there's no security if you can't obtain funding. So there should be more of a balance and security in the system. I hope as people talk about this more, there can be some change there in the future. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I have my eyes on like a particular niche of like <laughs> teaching or being a scientist in a not slightly less competitive environment. Mm -hmm. Okay, Christiana, thank you for sharing all of that about your research and about, you know, the future. And we're wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself. So any kind of fun facts about yourself, um, anything you like to do outside of work? Uh, some people may say I'm not very fun outside of work, mostly because I think I'm an old, old woman. Um, a lot of the things I like to do are 
kind of antiquated now. Like I love to crochet, I love to knit, I love to bake, I love to cook, I love to garden. Mm-hmm. I'm also a crazy cat lady. I cook. I would have. I would adopt every cat I see. It's quite problematic. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I feel I. Especially, you know, those long days, like you're at work for 12 or 16 hours. And I want to, I don't want to go home and, and play video games. I don't want to go through the internet and learn what other depressing stuff has happened mm-hmm. this crazy year. But I just have my music on. I have the cats. I can crochet. I can find that peace that I think I need at the end of the day. And yeah, I think. Um, Maybe that's not for everyone, but at least for me, it helps to give me calm energy and give me the strength to to go on to the next day, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're really overstimulated with all the stuff online, so I feel like a lot of people really have something now that just helps them relax and calm down, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, it's not for everyone, but it's beautiful, and it brings me joy. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, because I'm curious, have you ever done anything creative with your crochet or anything that's, like, science-related? Like, have you tried to merge the two? Oh, I would I would love to. I would so love to. Um, I haven't yet, but... And I don't want to steal other people's ideas, but I do know that these things exist. Mm-hmm. And perhaps when I'm closer to settling down and perhaps making some um, lovable toys for future family, then maybe I'll crochet them some cells. Oh my god, that'd be so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely on the wish list, just okay. not quite yet. Amazing. We're just going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions, okay? Okay. So, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Salty or sweet? Sweet. <laughs> Texting or talking on the phone? Talking on the phone. I'm a terrible, terrible texter. I'm an old person. Okay. <laughs> yep. You definitely confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is a this is a fun one. So would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh, that's so challenging. It would have to be talk to animals because people are crazy, but the animals are nice for the most part, I think. And also you can ask all your cats about oh, everything. <laughs> of course. I I would know what my cats are screaming at in the dead of night. I'd finally be able to answer their call. Yeah. Okay, a couple more. So, cake or pie? Cake, for sure. Okay. What's your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? You see, I'm Italian, so you put all of them together. You put potatoes on your pizza, and you eat that with pasta and bread. <laughs> okay, I'll let you have that one. So the last question... <laughs> Tropical island holiday or backcountry camping adventure? Oh, camping. Yeah. For sure. The sun is deadly. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, thank you so much for letting us get to know you. It was amazing interviewing you today. Thanks. It's been a blast. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed getting to know a little bit about Christiana and her scientific journey thus far. If you'd like to reach out to her, her Twitter handle and UHN email are posted in the episode description available at the ORT website. This will be the final episode in Season 1 of the Seeds of Science podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening in and getting to know these wonderful UHN trainees throughout this season. Stay tuned for Season 2 in 2023. If you'd like to be featured on the Seeds of Science podcast for Season 2, please reach out to us. 
Seeds of Science is proudly supported by the UHN Office of Research Trainees with special thanks to Drs. Amanda Berry and Linda Penn. Hosting, recording, and editing by Dr. Emily Mills and Remel Sayed. Outreach management by Dr. Olivia McHale and Ariana Besick.